You're listening to the Rising Lava Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Pace, a mom and behavior coach here to help you understand and support your kids' big emotions and big behaviors. All right. Welcome back to the Rising Lava Parenting Podcast. Today, we have Kristen Duke joining us, and she is a mentor for parents of teenagers, which obviously you guys know, I usually talk about younger audiences, like younger children, but we know that a lot of this applies to older. So I thought it'd be cool to bring somebody who actually works with teens and has teens and has graduated teens from her home, um, to, to just see like how a lot of these same strategies work for teenagers. And then a couple extra, because I know that, you know, a lot of us do have teenagers. Well, not a lot. Of, like I'm saying that, like I have teenagers. I don't have teenagers. A lot of you have teenagers. So Kristen, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more? Yes. Hello. Well, you know, all those little ones are going to grow up to be teenagers. Yep. So I'm just a big fan of people planning ahead of thinking. I, you know, I just always talk about thinking to the future a little bit, five to seven years, you know, imagine what it's going to be like. Imagine the kind of mom that you're going to be of teenagers and, you know, just think about it. So I like that. So what do you want me to introduce myself? Sorry, <laughs> tell yeah, just tell myself? us just a little bit about you. Yeah. Just tell us a little bit about your family dynamic, your job, like your job, whatever you do. Tell me all the things that I do. Okay. So yes, Kristen Duke, I have been, you know, in this creator space for 10, 12 years. And I've, you know, started, I am a photographer and I started sharing photo tips. And as my family grew, I just saw the need and felt the desire to talk more about families and intentional parenting. And I thought, I want to do all of these things. Why don't I research them, do them, share about them. And that's kind of how my community has morphed in the last five years or so is talking about families. And then more recently, parenting teens, I kind of saw this niche of one, people weren't talking about parenting teens, two, lots of parents were fearful of parenting Mm -hmm. teens. And three, I felt like teens were just getting a bad rap. So many adults were just kind of ragging on them and complaining Mm -hmm. about them. And I'm thinking, if you're complaining about parenting teens, you're in a really hard time. And, you know, I just kind of noticed all of these things about three years ago. And I just thought, okay, we're going to do it. I'm going to talk about parenting teens. And I was right in the middle of it. My oldest was 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, trickle on down. I had three teens at the time. I now have three teens again, and they've just all gotten a little bit older And um, it was a little nerve wracking because I thought, how am I going to talk about parenting teens? It's not like I'm this perfect parent of teenagers. And I kind of, you know, adopted the phrase mentor because I have studied and researched a lot. I do have a degree in human development. I do have teenagers that I practice it on. And, you know, and, and so I've just mentored and worked with parents and I have lots of different things that I've created to help parents of teenagers to connect, to find ways to enjoy their teenagers. And a lot of it is controlling their emotions. I love that you have, you call it lava. Um, because I think so much of it is you cannot control your teenager, but you can control yourself. You can control your emotions. You can control the way that you talk to them. You can control the way that you respond to them when they're frustrating and parents, you know, somebody, a couple of months ago said, why are you always talking about what parents can do. Why not what teens can do? And I just kind of laughed a little because I thought, well, so many parents have a lot to learn. And, you know, that was a prime example to me of there's a lot to learn. There's a lot you can do if you want that good relationship 
focus on yourself. That's all you can do. That's all you can do in any relationship. That's exactly what it is in parenting. Like, I think so many parents come to me too and say, okay, what can I do about this? Like, how can I change this? How can I control this? It's like, here are some strategies, but the bottom line is you really can't control anything that your kid does. So regardless of what the outcome is, how can you control yourself? And like the show of a good parent is not how good a kid is. It's how the parent parents, you know what I mean? What the parent does, the parent's behavior when the child has a hard behavior. And it's totally this. It's like teenagers, even more so like I got a comment on a thing the other day where I was talking about connection, like try to connect more because so much of the time we spend trying to control what our kids do. But if we connect, um, we're going to have a better relationship with them. And they're like, but what if we connect and connect and connect? And they still aren't doing the things that we asked them to do. And I'm like, we just kind of have to let that go and just keep connecting. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's hard. It's right. Hard. And it's, it's frustrating hard. for people to hear. It is. It is. And last November, it made me think of something. Um, I was talking a lot about gratitude and, you know, you can only, you can only do so much with talking about gratitude journals. And I thought, you know, let's talk about ungrateful teenagers. Okay. How are you responding to ungrateful teenagers? Because it's frustrating as a parent to think I do this, this, and this, and this, and they are so ungrateful. And the worst thing you can do is to call out that ingratitude that breaks mm-hmm. connection so mm-hmm. completely. It's and I shared invalidating too. It really is. It is because, you know, we're all a little ungrateful sometimes and teenagers, they're learning. I love the phrase I saw recently, like their brains and their bodies are under major construction, you know, like there's a lot going on in their bodies and their minds and their emotions and they are growing and you are the mature adult here and, and you can be a little bit more mature. So I talked about this ungrateful thing. And I remembered a phrase that I got called out from my mom when I was younger, where she said, I bend over backwards for you. And this is the way you treat me. And I hated that phrase so much. And, and, and I made a video out of that and people are like, oh my gosh, I say that to my kids. And I was like, yeah, stop saying it. Cause I remembered feeling like I'm a pretty good teenager. I know I'm grumpy sometimes, but when my mom's calling me out like this, it makes me feel terrible about myself and therefore terrible about our own relationship. Well, it's, it's what, what is actually happening is the mom is feeling like what she's doing is not enough. And so then she feels a feeling or whatever. And then instead of feeling that feeling and just being uncomfortable and feeling that feeling, she projects it right back onto her kid and places blame. Like this is your fault. And so then what happens is the kid starts doing things to try to earn their parents love. And then it becomes people pleasing all this. So like these strategies, it's like, not just because we're trying to be like gentle and kind. It's like, no, these strategies are like emotionally healthy strategies to help our kids to like, not feel that shame that we felt. And then repeat the cycle cycle breakers is what's happening here. Yeah. So, okay. So what do we do when teenagers do have like these big emotions? You know, just plan is part of the planning ahead is just knowing that they're going to have big emotions and thinking to yourself, like say, okay, Let's just say my teen walks into the room, they slam the door, they roll their eyes, they don't want to do this, don't want to that. Plan ahead. How are you going to respond? I call it pre-parenting, planning ahead and just saying, I'm going to respond and I'm not going to get frustrated and I'm not going to get annoyed and I am not going to yell at them and I am going to say, you know, it's all about validating, right? Mm -hmm. I, I recognize that you're frustrated. I'd like to hear more about why you're frustrated and sometimes they want to talk and sometimes they don't want to talk. 
And, um, you know, try and I, my, one of my favorite phrases is to get curious and not furious. I think mm-hmm. the initial response is furious. Like, how dare you talk to me like that? How dare you treat me like that? Because of X, Y, Z, I do all these great things for you. And to get curious, you know, that's a pretty common phrase in this emotion regulating thing. Um, and, you know, ask the questions of how can I help you? What can I do to support you? Um, things like that. Yeah. I love that because you're not just like, don't do that. And then that's just like, I feel like that just throws fuel onto the fire, but like, you're like, okay, whoa, I can see you're upset. Here's what, that's what I do with my five-year-old. Right. Strategies freaking work. All <laughs> it carries on. And I think parents get so frustrated with teenagers because they're now in this adult body, right? They <laughs> look like an adult. They've grown up, they're tall. Like you can have this conversation. You can't have that kind of conversation with a five-year-old the same, yeah. like, and, and you think like you expect, you have higher expectations of teenagers. And so when they don't perform to the expectations, that's when parents start to, you know, just like blow up inside of like, yeah. I've taught you better than this. And, right. you know, kind of comes back to them again. Yeah. Like they logically, it should make sense for them right now it should yeah. click because they look like it should click. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So how do you work to help teens? Like, okay. So that their big emotions have been settled, whatever, like, are there ways that you help like your teens or you suggest the parents to help their teens to like regulate big emotions? Like, do you practice that? Like, do you talk about that? Show that what, what do you do? Yeah, no, I am a fan of talking about emotions. It's interesting because some of my kids are like, I don't like talking about emotions. It's uncomfortable. And now I'm trying to say, yeah, I, I get that it's uncomfortable. I'm just such a big emotion sharer. I'm a vulnerable person. I don't mind talking about my emotions. And so it su- surprised me to hear that some of my kids do feel uncomfortable talking about their emotions. And so I think just trying to, to normalize frustration and to normalize embarrassment. And even today, um, my youngest daughter and I, we went to Target and she had bought something with her own money last week. And she was like, wow, I spent too much money. I want some of my money back. So she paid with cash and she went to return it. And they said, do you want store credit or do you want cash? And she's like, oh, you know, either way is fine. And of course the store always wants to give store credit. They don't want to give any cash back. So she was then frustrated because she's like, now I have to spend it at Target. And I was like, well, yeah, it, it didn't occur to me to think that I needed to explain that to her. She's like, I didn't want to, it, it felt embarrassing and I didn't want to tell her what I really wanted. And I was like, you know, that's this embarrassment emotion, right? Which is fairly common with teenagers. And, you know, we have to kind of get past, in my mind, it's not embarrassing. And so I'm trying to help kind of normalize like, okay, I can see why that's embarrassing for you. And here's maybe what would be beneficial next time. And you think about the person at the store, you're not going to, probably see them again so if you're embarrassed I mean like try and try and talk through the process of why it's okay even though like fine if you want to feel embarrassed that's fine but it's really no big deal like the customer is always right you know kind of explaining those things but um, I think really just trying to help normalize it as much as possible and sometimes I like to share stories of my own experience of here's where I felt these emotions and I understand and sometimes they don't want to hear sometimes they just don't want to think that their 40 plus year old mom had a similar experience. Like nothing can compare. <laughs> like shut up. Mom. And, you know, just <laughs> trying to talk about it as much as possible. Hopefully it, you know, sinks in. No, that's so good because instead of being like, dude, that's not embarrassing. It's 
it's, it's, that's another, it's just validation. That's what it is. It's validation. Then they feel safe to feel those things in front of you. And then they're going to use you to connect and ask and like, what do I do next time? Whatever. If you are a safe place for them to feel, which is so. And I think a lot of people see validation as, oh, I have to agree with them to validate them. And I think, you know, getting past that in your mind and think, no, you don't have to agree with them. You can validate their emotions and still disagree with them and say that. And I mean, just, yeah, I can think of so many different examples of um, the frustration and, you know, where I disagree, but I still want to try and validate to show that I care. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, oh, I can see why that would feel that way. And you relate and you normalize and you do all these things, but then maybe when they're back to calm, maybe then you talk about it a little bit differently be like, next time, maybe let's reframe this, but you don't do that in the moment. You just like validate and create that safety first. Yeah. Important. Okay. So how do we connect with our teens? This is like the question that got asked me on the, the reel the other day. Like, how do we connect to our teens, even when they're not listening or they're choosing a different path than we would like them to do? Okay. So, you know, I've done a lot, a lot of research on connection. I created this connection course and I kind of in the process of creating it over a year ago was like, okay, there's two ways to connect. One is like doing the fun activities, family activities and one-on-one outings and, you know, scratching their back and, you know, caring and doing fun things. And the other is realizing the way that you talk to them, right? Whether it's saying, you know, things that you don't realize are shaming, like, uh, you're so ungrateful. I've been over backwards for you. Or it's when they roll their eyes and like, don't you roll your eyes at me? You know, like, listen, I roll my eyes sometimes too. Okay. Like mm-hmm. some things are just annoying and yes, it's unnerving if they roll their eyes at you or they slam the door, at you you know, those things. Yes. It's unsettling, unnerving, frustrating. And at the same time, you can still remain calm and say, you know what? That hurts my feelings when you roll your eyes at me. And, you know, be able to communicate and convey so much of connection is the way you talk to your teenager. It is the words that you choose to use. It's the questions, you know, how you phrase it and how it's asked and um, and validation as as another form of connection is um, a big part of it. And so um, I think a lot of people are grasping because some people will say, oh, my kids don't want to go on an outing with me or, Oh, my kids don't want me to, you know, touch them or scratch their back. And so if I'm saying, if they don't want to be with you anywhere, then you need to think about how you're talking to them. You need to think about how you're treating them. You need to think about your expectations. Are you, you know, controlling, are you trying to control their friends situations? Are you trying to control their grades and academics? Are you trying to control their activities that they do? Um, And, you know, loosening up, where you're trying to control, because if they're feeling controlled and restricted, they don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. And so, and don't sometimes they're just angry them in general. Like, don't you think? It, it, yeah. Pushes yeah. them away. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 Like, more away. Sorry. I think like we have a little bit of lag, but like, I think it like pushes, like when your kids, when you keep putting control, 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 they just want to push more further away. It's not going to get you any more yeah. connection. Right. And that's what's challenging. And I, I can't remember if I mentioned this already, but um, I've been focusing a lot on blind spots because I think you don't know what you don't know. And so many parents are like, well, I'm not controlling. I love my child unconditionally. And so you think that you love your child unconditionally, but what they're receiving is that your love is conditional, that your love is conditional on 
your respect for them. Your love is conditional on the grades that they get. Your love is conditional on, you know, the friends that they have or how much they choose to obey whatever family rules that you have placed upon them. And so you might think it's unconditional, but they see it as conditional. And when they feel that it's conditional, they're going to behave in such a way that they don't want to be around you. And so I think you have to take a hard look at what your own personal blind spots are. And sometimes you can't know until it's pointed out to you. And so I would kind of take it on that task of um, just identifying some parental blind spots and shared it with people because some people don't like it. I mean, honestly, some people have said, even friends of mine, like Kristen, I can't follow you because I feel bad about myself. And I'm like, okay, my goal is to not have people feel bad about themselves. My goal is to help people recognize, but some people don't want to do the work. And I just decided I'm here to help the people that do want to do the work. Yeah. And for the people that don't want to do the work, listen, good luck to you. I love you. Find someone that's going to, you know, stroke your back and coax your ego with whatever it is you're doing. And if you're wanting to learn and do better, I'm here for you. Let's do this together because I'm still learning as well. Oh my gosh. That's so important. I think like that's some of the work that I'm doing is like when we uncover our triggers, then we can know like what inside of us needs to heal or whatever. But if we just look away when we're triggered and just ignore it and shove it away, they're never going to go away. We're going to keep being reactive to them. Yes. I love that. Same Um, same thing. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's the same thing. And so it's like being aware of those as uncomfortable as it is, is so important. So right. That's where the growth happens. That right. Uh, It's that, uh, there's no comfort in it. What is that <laughs> discomfort zone? I don't know. Yeah, growth in the like growth zone. happens in the outside of the comfort zone or something. Yes. It sounds oh, good. man. Okay. So where can we follow you to be aware of our blind spots? Okay. So, you know, I try to share little snippet videos at my Instagram, Kristen Duke chats, and that's my main space. And I do have a couple of freebies that you can access through the link in my profile and um, you get my newsletter and kristenduke.com is my website where you can sign up for the newsletter or you can do it through Instagram, but, um, really just here to learn and grow with my community. I love my community. I love to ask lots of hot topic questions and people answer and I hide it and people share their hearts and their stories. And my main goal also is just to help other parents feel less alone because it can be very isolating parenting teenagers. You can't talk about it as openly. I really get frustrated when people are like slamming their teens on social media. And, um, it's, it's a challenging place to be because you want to support without shame. Yeah. Yes. And so I've just, I've just been very happy with the community that we've built together really, and being able to talk about the challenges and also cheer each other on at the same time. Awesome. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for being here. Yes, of course. Thanks for having me. Hey friends, have you loved listening to the Rising Lava Parenting Podcast? If you have, please leave a five-star review, comment the things that you love, what you want to hear more about, tell me how this podcast has impacted your life. Thank you so much for being here and share it with a friend. Let's change the world of parenting.